it can be really scary to start, especially if no one is outwardly having conversations around money and you feel like you're the only one. But to take some leaps of faith and start engaging in conversations or bringing it up and see who might be receptive because they could be just like you waiting for someone else to bring it up and wanting to have these conversations, but just not feeling that there is the space. Welcome to Beyond the Dollar, a podcast where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. I'm Sarah Lee Kane, founder of High Fiving Dollars. And I'm Garrett Philbin, the founder of Be Awesome Not Broke. As money coaches, we want to give you space to explore your relationship with money. The guilt, stress, exhilaration, and fear, no topic is taboo. In this episode, we talk about how finding like-minded community is crucial when making progress toward your financial goals. We also talk about how to engage in conversations with friends and family around money and how to get the conversation started if you're worried about talking directly about finances. We also talk about the differences between paid and free accountability groups and the instances in which one may be better than the other. To find resources we shared in this episode, head over to www.beyondthedollar.co. Get ready, grab a seat, and let's go beyond the dollar. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Dollar. Today we're talking about the power of accountability or basically finding your tribe. And the reason we really want to talk about this is that Garrett and I have found that when we're, we've been coaching our clients through really leveling up in their finances or making these really great changes in their lives, it was really difficult for them to find people who actually understood what it was they were going through and what they were trying to achieve. And Garrett, what do you think? Like, what has been your experience even personally when it comes to really just finding somebody who's understanding what you're going through as you're making different changes in your financial life? Yeah, I actually spoke about this in season one with a client who had made a ton of progress and she found it actually really challenging when she was starting to make all these changes in her life, but yet the people around her were still in the same mentality of spending that she was trying to get away from. And this doesn't mean that they are bad people. This doesn't mean that she's great and they're wrong. She just noticed that we naturally surround ourselves with people who are like us, whether education-wise, people who look like us, and oftentimes people who have the same spending habits as us. And so she found it really challenging when she was improving things on her end to find people who she could talk to about it, who would help hold her accountable. So her story is something that really resonated and really led me to want to have this conversation with you as well. Like how have we ourselves, but also the people who we've worked with overcome this challenge or started to overcome uh, the challenge that, that arises when you start making improvements in your life and then are finding yourself at another level um, and just wondering where to find support and guidance. So an example of mine is when I was transitioning into full-time, so full-time freelance writing now that I you know, have my own business, it was really difficult for me to see that because nobody around me was doing the same thing. And so I was this close to actually renewing my teaching contract and asking my husband if we could stay in China for a few more years. Like I really was as close. And what I ended up doing was I actually, I paid for this. It was like 20 bucks a month, but it was a group of freelance writers. They've seasoned freelance writers of like 20 plus years. And so I was poking around the forums, asking questions 
and reading what other people had to say in terms of questions that they had about their own freelance writing business. And so that I attributed really heavily to my success because I was able to see that if all of these freelance writers can have can thrive for like 20 plus years, this is like pre-internet, pre, you know, like all these cool fancy apps that I can use now, if they are able to thrive, so can I. And so that was, yeah, that really attributed to my success. So that was something that you went and sought out specifically around the career that you wanted and or were building. So for people who are making some changes financially and finding out that the people around them or their community isn't as supportive or isn't at the same place that they are now starting to find themselves, how do they search out accountability networks or find that tribe? What are some ways that you would suggest that they can seek out those people? If you don't feel like you literally anyone around you that you can talk to, then go online. There's meetup.com. There's nonprofit organizations. And I'll be happy to list. And Garrett will also kind of contribute to this list of resources in the show notes that you can take a look at. One really interesting thing, I think I was talking to Garrett about this pre-recording is so a friend of mine actually ended up saving couple thousand dollars within a few months. And so she actually thanked me because I, I had no idea that this was going on. But whenever we would go out to lunch or we just kind of go for walks around the park, she would start asking me questions here and there about, oh, where do I look for ways to improve my credit score? I think one time she was asking about how do reward rewards um, work in a credit card. And I, I so I would just send her like different resources, so websites or books and so what ended up happening was all these questions that she was asking, I, I didn't even really think about it, were very relevant to her own life. And she did it in such a way where it didn't sound like she was the one wanting the advice. Like it, it was just, it just came up very casually in a conversation about credit scores, very casually about like, oh, what are you writing about this week? And I'd start talking about bank loans. And so she's like, oh, how, how does that work? And then she'd go home and just search this for herself. And so because of all of that, she she basically said, thank you, because because of you and because of me asking these questions and the fact that I could trust to ask you these questions, I've saved all this money. So that was really cool to hear. So that was, she already had you in her life in mm -hmm. that example. Right? Yes. So um, for people who don't have someone in their life, meetups, um, Facebook has a ton of communities that you can search for. Mm -hmm. Anything else that people can just start looking and searching and starting to find to start engaging in those questions, right? And I think that is a great suggestion of, hey, it's not for me, it's for a friend, right? It's for <laughs> not, you don't have to make it seem like it's always for you if that's something you aren't comfortable with. And I would almost argue, and, and again, this is not true in all cases, but I would almost argue that there is at least one person that you feel like you can trust. It could be your spouse. Be like, hey, listen. This is really what, what I really want. I want to open up the lines of communication. Let's say you want to get your master's degree and it costs a ton of money, right, to do that. So tell your husband or your spouse or your partner and say, like, listen, this is, a, this is a goal of mine. It's really important. And I would really love to start having conversations and just see where this can go. You know, frame it as like a life goal. I always – this is what I suggest to people who are – arguing with their spouse about money is that don't talk about money, talk about what you want to do with the money. And so there's always someone you can confide in that and you don't but you don't think you can talk about money, but there are ways to sneak money into it. And so, you know, for example, with your spouse, like think of a life goal, like let's say maybe your 
your you really want to get your master's degree or within five years you want to buy a house like that involves money right and so clearly you have to have accountability to reach that goal you're going to have to look up you know mortgage brokers or real estate agents all of that involves money you got to calculate the cost can you afford it is it in your budget all of that and so start talking with your spouse if you're single maybe you have a really great friend start talking about you know this is like what I really want to do and then see if you can bring the topic of money because you never know maybe they're just as excited or really wanting to find somebody to talk about money as much as you are it reminds me of the example when like in high school sitting in class and having a question and not asking it and yet likely at least one other person, if not more, will have the same question. That's the power of being vulnerable and being willing to put yourself out there in that high school class example, but also with friends. And if it can be really scary to start, especially if no one is outwardly having conversations around money and you feel like you're the only one, but to take some leaps of faith and start engaging in conversations or bringing it up and see who might be receptive because they could be just like you waiting for someone else to bring it up and wanting to have these conversations, but just not feeling that there is the space. And it's not always easy to be the one to start it. But I I also like your example, Sarah, of just having it be more about goals and values to start with. And then that can be the entry point um, for the conversation. And then once you've established that there is that open space and you're really diving into the meat of the conversation, then bringing up money and just seeing how the person reacts to that. And so kind of going in with goals and values and then bringing up the money part afterward. I also think that when you're looking for somebody to talk with or find that community, like you say, think about what it is that you want out of it. Like, what is your actual goal? Like, do you, are you really just, you're really like a type A person, you're going to reach that financial goal. Let's say you are saving up for your master's degree, but you just want to almost commiserate or really find somebody who's doing the same thing. And you just want to, I I guess, I don't say compare notes, but really just say, oh man, this is getting really difficult. I'm just finding it so uncomfortable even thinking about finding um, student loan companies, things like that. Like, is that your goal? Or is that your goal? Is your goal trying to find somebody to push you because you know that If you don't find that person or that community, you're going to not do what it is that you want to do, right? So I'm thinking in terms of like what we do as money coaches, we do a lot of accountability and encouragement because a lot of my clients anyways, they know what they need to do or for the most part, they know what they need to do, but they won't do it for one reason or another. It could be their emotions. It could be they're going through this like major life change and they're way overwhelmed. And so it's having just a third party coming in to help them assess their situation and just to some sometimes I do have to give kind of due dates for things like here's your homework for this week or here's your homework for the month and then we'll reassess what you've done. Like what has it been with with your clients or your experience? With my clients, I'd say it's kind of a mix where some of them, they do know what they need to do and they are hiring me to serve as an accountability partner and a guide just to help them stay committed to what it is that they know that they should do. And then I'd also say the other half doesn't really know what the next steps are and don't have a concrete idea of what the plan should be. And so it's really a conversation of what it is that they want, what is it that they want to be working toward. They know that 
how they're spending and using their money isn't working for them, but they aren't really grounded in what is important to them and why and how they're going to stay motivated through this process. So it's kind of half in half, I would say. I mean, it's to say like, oh, it's really important to have a community. It's really important to have friends to talk about money, all of this, right? But again, if you don't understand your why and you don't understand your reasons, and I would almost even argue like why you're even scared to look for these people, because that's a block too and it happens, right? Like if you're not, if you don't acknowledge all these things even before you go out and seek somebody or a group of people, then it may not be as successful as you would hope or like it to be. And there are different types of resources out there. So there are free resources, some Facebook groups, meetups. There are paid groups. So there are paid groups you can have on Facebook. There are um, We're having a conversation next week. Well, the episode will be um, with two women who actually run a paid group as well. So there are some resources there. There are paid resources like coaches, like you and I, where people go and hire us. So what are some examples of some different ways that people can engage and start having these conversations and kind of some of the pros and cons of each. The immediate thing I think of in terms of paid masterminds or paid accountability groups is that you have a little bit of your skin in the game if you put down money. So last year I put down a thousand dollars for one of these groups and I happily paid for it because this person calls me out of my shit and I needed that and I knew I needed that. And the cool so the cool thing is so that wrapped up last year, but now he actually picked handpicked 10 people to restart it and he's actually giving like one-on-one coaching on top of this, which was I thought so cool. And I obviously yeah, so I'm like, yes, 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 I totally am jumping on this because it worked so well for me last year. Anyway, so for me, it was like, okay, I paid a thousand dollars. I wanna make that money back. I mean, I've already made it back, but I wanna continue to make it back, this investment that I put in. And I know and I don't I feel like because I the funny thing was I did like um he had like a dollar trial for some sort of other membership group. And so I paid the dollar and then I stopped after a month because I didn't take it as seriously. And I'm pretty sure the stuff that he taught for that dollar trial was the same stuff that I paid a thousand dollars for. <laughs> so so it's really funny where I'm like, man, I'm paying like nine hundred ninety nine dollars more for something that I could have paid for a dollar for, you know. <laughs> but that's so true. Having skin in the game for certain types of people is really important. And I actually will say, not just for certain types of people, kind of for anyone, um, it depends. So sometimes I feel like paying more for um, things helps me feel more committed. And sometimes it's $1,000, sometimes it's $20. So it's not always the, that you know, if I paid $10,000 for something that I would take it 10 times as seriously as something I paid $1,000 for. But absolutely, skin in the game, I think, is important. But having a combination of free and paid resources, I think, can also work as well because there are free masterminds that you can just start with friends. So a mastermind is really just a name for like a community of people who are thinking about or working towards the same thing. So uh, having both free and paid masterminds, you know, free Facebook groups, paid Facebook groups, paying for coaching or just commiserating with friends, any kind of mixture can be a good one. But knowing that there are benefits to paid and obviously benefits for it being free, because, hey, you aren't spending any money. Um, But what has worked for you? So you mentioned that course worked for you and was really helpful. What does your kind of makeup of free and 
paid stuff look like now? Okay, great question because I was going to say, don't mistake paying for a product to solve your problems much faster or much easier. Like you still got to put in the work. And I paid for accountability groups and I haven't used them because it was just like the thought of paying for it that somehow made me feel better, but I actually didn't put the work to progress. And so one of them was actually, yeah, it was a, it was another writing group and it was specifically to help me break into a certain market. And I did nothing with it. Like, I, I don't even remember how much I paid. I ended up canceling it because I realized I'm like, I'm not going to do anything with this. Like me paying it does not mean it's going to magically happen like that. The cons of it is if you're not careful, if you don't really know the person that's leading the group, like if it's a leader and they're leading this group, or let's say you're paying a money coach or even something like Weight Watchers, that's an accountability group, right? Like if you're not going to show up, you're not going to do the work. It doesn't matter if it's a paid one or a free one. So be really be really mindful of like what it is that you want out of a group, like I mentioned before. So uh, in terms of free, like all of my mastermind or co- like communities with, with fellow colleagues, like fellow freelance writers, fellow business owners have always been free. So I, I'm in one right now and it's uh, four, five of us including myself and it's just been going strong for I think over a year a year and a bit now actually and it really is an opportunity for us to share clients to share how we negotiate so just sharing different techniques we've we've done to help grow our income or even if we're really frustrated with there was one time where both uh, myself and another um, person in this mastermind group like wasn't getting paid by the same client and so they were all these other people were helping us brainstorm ways of like how do we chase down this money because we need it like we we got we need to get paid for because we did the work for it right and so that to me I feel like free is always best for me because I feel like now we're like really good friends. And I don't know, there's this kind of weird mindset block that I'm still having between like a paid and a free kind of accountability. Whereas if I'm paying for something, that person can't be a friend. Like they're always going to be a teacher or an authority figure where, and and if it's a free one, then they're friends. Well, thinking of where people are who are listening to this podcast you know so if they are just wanting to engage in more conversations around money and don't feel like they have people in their circle to do it probably free just finding community and being able to engage in conversations is the easiest step to do and as and you did make a good point that you know if you pay money for a course it's important that you know the work isn't going to magically be done just because you paid for it and in the same way joining a free Facebook group or meetup, you still will need to attend. You'll still need to be engaged, you know, ask questions, be vulnerable. But I think for a lot of people listening who just don't feel they have the people around them to start engaging in, in having these conversations, um, free groups could be a really, really great place to be. Um, because unless they have their own businesses, unless they're trying to start their own side hustles, there probably isn't that much of a need for those types of things that you mentioned and that I've also invested in because it's just looking for places to start the conversation and to find like-minded people. Yeah. What about you? Like if any of your clients or, or friends or colleagues or associates, not associates, I don't have associates. I'm not that fancy. I was like, I need to pull up a dictionary here. Acquaintances. Have you suggested any free resources that 
don't have to do with entrepreneurship, like maybe it's paying down their debt or things like that, like where have you kind of pointed them to? Yeah, I honestly point people a lot to books. There are a couple different books that I recommend over and over and over again, just in terms of because a lot of people come to me and we have conversations around mindset. And so I know that I'm, since I'm someone who talks about money a lot and my friends know that that's what I do for a living, they know they can come to me. So they already have that person in their life. You know, for people who don't have someone in their life like that, I would just recommend going on Facebook, to be honest. And you can search money community, money meetup, budgeting badasses. You can search. And there are different resources that we'll put in the show notes because I do think that there are people who have Facebook communities that we just know through the personal finance world who have really great and engaged communities that would be good resources. So we'll put those there rather than going through them all here. But yeah, for for people who know me and already know that they can have the conversation, I a lot of times say, hey, look at, read these books because like you said, it's not really about the money. It's about goals, values, mindset. So those are the resources I push people to. That sounds great. I was going to say, man, if there was really a group called Budgeting Badasses, I would so join that one. <laughs> well, I haven't actually used it yet, but I own the domain budgetlikeabadass.com <gasps> and I'm trying to figure out how <sighs> to utilize that. So just maybe in like a year or two, that'll be a thing. Dang. Okay, people like give Garrett some suggestions. 2020 Budget Like a Badass is going to be Wait, launching some cool stuff. Say, do we need to hold you accountable to that one? <laughs> oh, man. We'll, we'll revisit this topic. We'll revisit this sometime soon. I was going to say, Garrett, I totally, totally agree with you on the books. I remember when I first started even learning about budgeting or paying down my credit card debt. I, I actually didn't feel like there was anybody I could talk to. And it wasn't that I didn't trust the people around me. It was like I didn't feel confident enough in knowing the types of questions I wanted to ask or I, or I felt so overwhelmed I didn't even know where to start. And so books to me have always helped me because books have a very linear, most books have very linear sequences, right? Nonfiction ones anyways. And so I was like, okay, I'll like, here, here's a book that claims to help me pay down debt. Let me just like read the whole thing through and maybe I'll learn things that I didn't even know I needed to know. And so as I got a little bit more confident, I'm the type that only asks questions when it's relevant specifically to me right then and there. And I always have to look at a resource before I know what kind of questions I want to ask. And it's really specifically because maybe there are issues that I don't even know that I need to know. And so books were that way. And for those like really shy introverts, maybe that's where you can start is community doesn't have to be people. It could be websites. It could be books. It could be podcasts very much like this one because Garrett and I created this for you. And we are so passionate about talking about this topic that we're recording how many episodes <laughs> that we plan on how many episodes for season two. We, we hope that you feel like you can talk to us or that you can listen to what we have to say or our guests have to say and feel like you're part of this conversation and that you're part of the community on Beyond the Dollar. Tying that back into books is a lot of them actually now um, have their own communities that have sprung up around them. So like Jen Sincero's, you know, You Are Badass at Making Money. You have uh, 
The Millionaire Next Door. A lot of these other books have communities that have sprung out of them. So if you read a book and really like it, you can then type in the name of the book and add the word community or group. More often than not, there'll be communities on even different platforms. So if you gave up Facebook, you can find communities that exist across a lot of different platforms. So that's a, a good thing too, is knowing that if you really like the book, odds are other people have as well and that um, some community out there exists because of that. Yeah. And I, if I remember correctly, I think Gary and I bonded over a few books that we read when we first met. Specifically, I think Michael Singer's book. And okay, that had nothing to do with money, but that's an example of us like, I'm going to say fangirling. That is not the term I wanted to say. It's cool. Fan peopling. <laughs> fanning. No, wait, that's fanning over a book. Fawning. Maybe fawning. Fawning. Okay, fawning. Well, anyways, everyone, I hope you really enjoyed this conversation. I know that there's a lot more about it that Garrett and I do want to talk about. And so if you feel like this episode has benefited you in any way, you want to learn more resources, or you have questions relating to any of your money concerns, anything like that, like feel free to tweet us, email us hello at beyondthedollarco.co and we'd be more than happy to record another episode that's uh, that relates to the idea of community. Wrap-up question, this is for you ladies and gentlemen out there. And again, tweet us or email us is, who is one person, resource or community that you can reach out to and engage with in a conversation around money today? Thank you so much, everyone. And we hope to see you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Dollar. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. And if you can think of one awesome human who would connect with what we talked about today, we'd love you forever if you shared this episode with them. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar.